Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All. I'm Sid Ziegler. We first got wind of Jordan Windle back in about 2012 when the Indianapolis Star ran a story about this phenom who had arrived on the national diving scene. Jordan was adopted when he was 18 months old out of Cambodia by a, a gay man in the United States named Jerry Windle. When Jerry adopted Jordan, what he didn't realize was that he was adopting an, a natural phenom in the sport of diving. Jordan has gone from summer camp in Florida all the way to the world championships, and now he is taking aim at the Olympics. Of course, that dream has been put on hold for another year. But I thought it would be fun this week to have both Jerry and Jordan on to talk about their journey from their two different perspectives. And we talk about uh, Jordan, who is straight, being in what is perceived to be a gay sport and having a gay dad and what kind of struggles that created for him rising up in the, the, the sport of diving, of course, once he started winning national championships, some of those struggles faded away and he became a real champion for inclusion in the sport. Anyhow, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Jordan and Jerry Wendell. I'm here with Jordan and Jerry Wendell. Jordan, how are you coping with your Olympic dreams being delayed a little bit? Um. Well, you know, obviously, uh, like most athletes, uh, it was difficult to find out that uh, everything got pushed back and training hasn't been the same. Uh, but knowing that everyone's on even playing fields uh, made it a little easier for me to uh, figure out what my next step is to take. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm just taking it uh, one step at a time right now and just getting back into shape. Uh, and then we'll see what happens in the future. But, uh, you know, high hopes unexpectedly between now and the Olympics, you have an NCAA season. I assume that you'll be competing in that, yeah? That is kind of up in the air. I'm hoping to compete as, you know, as long as everything uh, moves uh, forward uh, and there aren't any, you know, uh, blocks on the way. But, um, you know, as it is, I I'm shooting for to compete for NCs uh, as well as the Olympics. Uh, but, um, you know, if it doesn't end up working out, I also have a full fifth year coming up uh, so I can end up redshirting and then uh, competing uh, for another year for the university uh, the following year. Jerry, I'm always curious to talk to parents about how the upside down nature sometimes of sports and particularly now changes their schedules. I, I'm sure my guess is that you were headed to Tokyo, that you followed Jordan to some of his competitions. How, how has it affected you? Yes, yeah, did you know it's, it is interesting because I think sometimes the athletes handle it better than family members do. Um, Jordan, at the uh, right at the end of last season, um, broke the NC2A record on three meter springboard. He already holds the NCAA record on 10 meter platform. And so he really was at the top of his game. Uh, his coach and, and pretty much everybody in the community was really excited about the prospects of him rep representing the United States in Tokyo. I certainly was uh, preparing my uh, leave from work and looking at plane tickets and trying to book hotels. And then when COVID struck, it, uh, it just sort of it diminished all that. I was more concerned about 
uh, Jordan's mental well-being and, and, and knowing that it was going to be delayed. But it certainly had an impact on me, and I'm sure it had impact on, on parents all over the United States thinking that uh, this was going to be, you know, their child's year to, to be traveling to the Olympics. What, what, Jerry, were the emotions you're feeling? Were you upset? Were you angry? Did you, you, you call USA Diving and say, what are you doing? Fix this. What, what, what happened? Yeah, you know, I was more concerned about um, at that moment about the NCAA championships because we were, I think we were literally just a couple of weeks away from NCAAs when everything got canceled. Um, when we knew that it was the entire Olympic Games were going to be delayed, um, I think I went through a gamut of emotions. One, I was I was probably most heartbroken for Jordan because he has worked, you know, for 11 years uh, chasing this dream. Uh, Twenty. 2020 was uh, was looking to be his year. Um, but as Jordan said, you know, everybody kind of got uh, put back on their heels at the same pace. And so they're, you know, everybody's just having to start all over again. So I think it was a combination of kind of being heartbroken, disappointed, you know, angry at the situation. And, and now it's more kind of being angry that, that folks aren't taking this COVID-19 more seriously. I mean, I see it from an athlete's perspective where they're trying to, to beat COVID before the opening ceremonies of the Olympic Games so we can have it. And, uh, you know, it's when, when people are, are not paying attention to what they do need to do to reduce risk, that's kind of most frustrating of all. It's easy for somebody like me to say, oh, you know, Jordan's in his early 20s. You know, it's a big deal. It's delayed a year. Uh, you know, it's not like, you know, a Karen Clement who's in his mid 30s and, and, and a, a year may be the difference between making the team and not. Oh, you know, big, big deal. Who cares? You know, Jordan just has to wait another year. But what's interesting talking to you two just in this short period of time and obviously, you know, following Jordan and the incredible success he's had is, boy, Jordan, you really peaked in 2020. Like Jerry said that that was your year. And I can only imagine how deflating that must feel to have to feel like I have arrived and now the arrival is delayed. You know, the whole situation, I'm, I'm sure people, uh, you know, can kind of put themselves in my shoes, but I mean, like my dad was saying, I, I felt better than ever. Um, I, I was breaking a few records at different pools and stuff. And uh, Matt has been really uh, working me, uh, to the bone to try to get my uh, diving to the level it needs to be for the upcoming trials and the Olympics. So seeing that, you know, out of nowhere, that all just gets kind of pushed away and out of my reach was very uh, saddening. And, um, you know, if anything, I, I, was, I was sad that I couldn't, you know, take my dad with me, uh, you know, to the trials because he was looking forward to it. My family's been looking forward to watching me. And uh, I've just been wanting to make everyone's, you know, expectations a reality uh, and try to make everyone proud. And, you know, having to wait longer for that was uh, was probably the toughest part. Well, here we are in 2020, but your, your career started a long time ago. And, and Jerry, I'm curious how you identified this potential Olympian when he was a kid, how, how did, how did you originally get Jordan into diving? Well, Sid, I'll tell you, there's, I think there is one person who is completely responsible for where Jordan is today. And that uh, gentleman's name is Tim O'Brien. And Tim is the son of Dr. Ron O'Brien, who was Greg's 
Greg Luganis's Olympic coach. And Tim was the head coach at the Fort Lauderdale uh, uh, swimming pool dive team there. And Jordan was in a summer camp, uh, put him in a summer camp. Tim saw him jumping off the diving boards. And Jordan was seven years old and he weighed all of about 60 pounds. And Tim came up to me one day and, and he just said, hey, look, you need to get this kid into diving. And he said, uh, he's, he's got it. And he showed me some things about Jordan, his, his feet, toe point, his shoulder flexibility. And he literally said, before Jordan ever even took a lesson in diving, if I, if I were to put him into diving, he would become a national champion. And so Tim O'Brien really was the one who saw something in him. And they, they all kind of labeled him the little Luganus. And, uh, and that, that summer, uh, Greg flew out for the, um, uh, for the Grand Prix, the U.S. Grand Prix in Fort Lauderdale, and he met Jordan for the first time. And the two of them connected. Jordan started diving, and the following year, he won his first junior national title. And then, you know, at 15, he won his first individual men's senior national championship. Jordan, the nickname, the Little Luganus, has to put um, just a little pressure on your shoulders uh, you're talking about one of the great American Olympians of all time in any sport. Did you feel that at the time as a kid? Did you feel pressure to 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 participate and perform? Um, I I I you know I heard I heard the nickname and stuff, and um, people had uh, a lot of positive things to say about my diving, uh, even at the, uh, at a young age. And, um, but, you know, at the time for most, uh, young athletes or, you know, young kids in general, I, I really just wanted to have fun. Uh, and I enjoyed diving. That's what made, you know, going to school, uh, having to do homework, the, the boring stuff worth it. Uh, and I mean, I, I worked so hard to try to get to where I am now. And, um, if anything, I put the most pressure on myself, uh, you know, and, and nickname, just a name. Uh, it, but it's, it's good to know that people have really high hopes for me. And that's, uh, that's kind of what makes me strive to want to be, uh, one of the top in the, in the world, hopefully. So tell me about working with Greg Luganis. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I mean, I've known Greg, you know, when I was super young, uh, like my dad said, I met him at a Grand Prix in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, and he's just been, he's always been there for me. Uh, you know, on occasion I'll, I'll message him or I'll call him. Uh, asking for tips or advice on certain situations because uh, we had similar backgrounds. Um, and, uh, you know, Greg uh, is gay uh, and, you know, my dad's gay. So uh, at the time, a lot of people weren't very ac accepting of it. And, um, you know, being young, I didn't really know how to handle it. And uh, having Greg there, uh, you know, as well as my dad explaining the situation and uh, ways to go about it really helped um, and made things a lot easier for me. So, I mean, he, he's helped me grow up as, as a man uh, and also in the diving world. So I'm, I'm very thankful for him. What do you mean that people weren't accepting of it? Uh, well, so, I mean, I when I was younger, I was, uh, I was bullied because uh, first off, I, I'm not the same color as my dad. You know, I was adopted from Cambodia at uh, 18 months. And um, so I'm, I'm brown, my dad's white, and uh, my dad's also gay. Uh, and 
I, I mean, when I went to school, there there weren't a lot of kids like that that were, uh, you know, different in their own way. Um, so, you know, they, they'd find ways to, uh, you know, get in my head about it. And I, I, you know, being so young, I didn't understand it. And, uh, I didn't know why, but it hurt my feelings. Um, and so, you know, I'd go to my dad upset, uh, having a lot of questions and, you know, uh, multiple nights and, and he'd have to just sit down with me and talk to me about like, you know, who we are and, uh, it's okay to be who we are and just be happy. Um, so, you know, but being, you know, part of the diving world and the community that it is, uh, that, that really helped me understand that there are people that are willing to accept you for who you are and your family and, uh, you know, who you want to become. So, uh, I, you know, it, it made me happy to know that, um, there are people out there that were, uh, willing to, uh, take, you know, take me for who I am and, you know, my life. When I was in the fourth grade, kids in my class started teasing me that I was gay because there was a girl in my class who liked me and I didn't want to kiss her. And so the kids at age nine decided that I was gay and I was mercilessly teased about it for, I don't know, years. And I remember my mom talking to me about it and about what it was Jerry, what was that like navigating that with your son be, being a gay man yourself? Yeah, you know, it was it was really kind of tough. It, it first started out with um, uh, Jordan came home one day and, and, you know, asked me why he was brown and I was white. And he, you know, he desperately wanted to be brown. And the first thing that came up through my mind to, to even deal with that, or he wanted to be white. And the first thing that came to my mind was, you know, I told him, I said, do you know how much money white people like me spend in tanning beds trying to get brown like you? And, you know, we spend our entire lives in the sun risking skin cancer and everything else trying to get brown. And he's like, really? You know, and I said, yeah. And it's it wasn't so much that um, kids teased Jordan about him being gay, but they teased him about having a gay father. And so that was the, that was the, the kind of the interesting part is here you have a, a heterosexual son with a gay father in a sport where there are, you know, a number of, of, of gay athletes. And, um, and so, you know, I, I did, I shared with Jordan, and I think Greg shared the same thing with him. And, and Jordan says it often, love is love. And, you know, we're all human beings. I believe in one human race. And I, and I shared that with Jordan that, that, you know, there are, we are each an individual thread. And as a human being, a single thread is eh, just kind of a thread. But when you weave all of these different threads together, you you can create a tapestry that is you know absolutely beautiful and 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 mind bending, and so when you when you bring all of humanity together, it makes a beautiful tapestry. And and I think that's where um, I was trying you know I tried to help Jordan understand about you know that we accept people for who they are, for all of their faults, um, or for all of the things that make them great. You you know Jordan has I think, and what makes me most proud of him is in his hardest competitions, um, you see him on the sidelines and parents send me messages all the time. He's cheering for the guys that he's competing against. Instead of, you know, hoping that they don't hit a dive, he is cheering for them, for them to do their very best. And and that is what makes me most proud. Um, I'm proud of the athlete, athlete that he is. I'm more proud of the human being that he has become and the grown man that he's become. The, the idea of humanity being a tapestry and everybody is a beautiful part of the quilt sounds like a, 
a good Coca-Cola commercial. Um, and it, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm curious, Jordan, if at a very young age, as your dad is trying to help you understand this, did those messages resonate with you? Did you understand what he was trying to say at the time? Um, honestly, at the time, I probably didn't really understand, you know, being so young and just not knowing much of the world in general. I, I, you know, it was me listening, but I, I was still hurt inside by the situations I was still going through. Um, but as I grew up and, you know, as time went by and I went through more of these situations, I started to understand a little better and understand what my dad was trying to, um, uh, come across by telling me uh that you know this is this is life but you have people that love you uh that support you and that'll protect you and um you know he's he's always told me to stay humble uh and try my very best at everything that i do uh and you know that's that's just how i've been going about life and um so far so good so did the teasing make you feel negatively about diving at all um no it the teasing didn't make me think negatively about it um it you know i i i have always loved diving so i don't think really anything could make me uh steer clear from something that you know i hold so close to me and that's pretty much my world uh and my dad's given up so much for me um to you know be a part of uh something so big so i i, I could never you know think uh negatively about this what do you love about diving uh, uh, there's so many things, but I think the biggest thing is, uh, is probably the reactions, uh, in general. Well, cause I get to meet, I get to meet so many people traveling the world, you know, at age 12, uh, was probably when I started, um, and meeting tons of people, uh, learning where they came from and their stories and being able to share my story. Um, and then, you know, the reactions I get when people enjoy my diving is, just makes it so special. Um, you know, coming out of the water once I, you know, once I know I hit a dive and hearing everyone cheer, uh, you know, all my dad stands up and is pointing at me and a huge smile on his face. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing I'd want more than that. And to know that everyone, you know, is, is happy in that one moment because of something that they can enjoy watching, you know, that that's what makes it all worth it. I imagine having been, teased yourself that you've seen other kids on the side of the pool teased for for being a diver I, I hear um you know i hear from figure skaters that at the ice rink hockey players will can be merciless to the figure skaters and and i imagine that you know talking to swimmers maybe the swimmers aren't so kind sometimes with the divers I wonder if you've if you've seen that dynamic if you if you've watched other kids be teased about being gay or being in a gay quote unquote gay sport. Uh yeah, I I have when uh you know um it was probably in my young teens or maybe a little younger. Uh there was one teammate um that you know was gay and you know, the boys around him. And once, you know, once someone starts teasing, everyone kind of starts ganging up. Um, but, you know, having, having my family that I have, um, it, it didn't sit right. Like it, it just didn't 
feel good to hear that type of stuff. And it was just one of those moments where like, I didn't want to be hero, but I, I just moved and I started to defend him. Um, and, you know, once they understood that there were other people that like, you know, this isn't what it should be. You shouldn't be, you know, talking down on someone that is, that is human, that cares for you, that shares for you, that's on your team, that you should be calling family. Um, then it's just not right. And, you know, I have been trying my whole life to, um, you know, be a role model to other people and show that, um, you know, we're just one huge family and that we have to treat each other like, like a, like a family. Uh, and my dad has been teaching me that since the beginning. And, um, you know, in that one instance, it was just, you know, it was easy for me to defend him. Um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't take it back for anything and I'll do it again if I had to. Jerry, how does it make you feel to hear about things like that? You know, it's, it's interesting because it, um, it, it takes me back even to, to when I was a, a youngster and, you know, just that, that sense of kind of getting picked on and, and, you know, they, they say it gets better and it really does get better as you get older because you can learn to defend yourself. But when you're, when you're a youngster, a young teenager, and you're, you're trying to just get through life at that stage, um, you know, to have somebody getting teased or picked on is, 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 you know, really heart wrenching. Um, at the same time, in this particular instance, I had a, a, a mother of, of a young man um, call me afterwards and her son went back to the hotel room it was during a competition and, and said that, you know, Jordan had, you know, stood up for him. And he said that when Jordan stood up with him and he put his arm around him and then the next thing, you know, they're on the side of the pool and they're playing cards in between rounds, um, that it made this young man feel like um, a million bucks and that he was good enough. And, you know, I think what, what really kind of sealed it for me was, you know, in following competitions, um, this particular young man actually um, stopped being picked on and people started hanging out with him and, and they all, you know, they started, uh, you know, playing together and, and doing different things on the, on the pool deck in between um, either practices, warmups, or, or competition. And so, you know, so that what, what it does is it tells me there's hope, you know, and I think Greg, um, you know, in, in his experience, um, you know, he was teased and bullied all the way up through, through seniors in, in, in competitions. And, you know, he, he too taught Jordan that, you know, love is love. And, and I think through his inspiration and, through the things that I see that uh, Jordan has done, it's, it's really made me proud as a dad, um, you know, and, and as a gay man to know that, that times are, are starting to change. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. And I think as more and more voices like Jordan speak up, um, you know, we'll, we'll slowly begin to realize that as Jordan said, you know, we're one human race, we're one family. The teasing stopped of me in high school when I started winning track meets and winning MVP awards and, winning league championships. I'm curious, Jordan, as you started winning national championships, if the if the teasing of you uh, quickly faded, because I gotta imagine it's, it's teasing a national champion uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, like you're saying it, um, you know, the teasing did, did end up stopping. Uh, and it's crazy what, you know, a title can do for you once you work hard and you build your way up people 
don't find a need to want to bug you or, uh, you know, intimidate you in some way. Instead, they want to be your friend, uh, which, you know, in my opinion, I wish it wasn't like that. I wish it should just be easy to want to be someone's friend, uh, not almost a chore, but something that just happens, you know, naturally. Um, and it should. But um, after that, you know, once once I started to realize that, you know, once I build my way up uh, and maintain that and, you know, hopefully get to um, a level where I can start really making a change uh, in people's lives with my diving and, you know, with, um, you know, who I've become, then, uh, yeah, then that's when I know I've I've pretty much done it all that I could. NCAA champion, you've been to the world championships, you, you got one more stop, and that's the Olympic Games. That's the big one. What yeah. right now is the path there laid out by USA Diving? It, when are the trials? Oh, okay. My dad knows when the dad Dad wins the trials. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I love this kid. He just competes. He doesn't even know. Uh, so the trials are going to be in June of um, – 2021 and then the olympic games are i believe are now scheduled for the end of july and august of 21 well obviously we'll be following you and, and wishing you all the best of luck i end every podcast with the same two questions and since we have two of you i'm going to split them up uh first jerry the name of the podcast five rings to rule them all is from a line in lord of the rings and I'm curious, who might be your favorite Lord of the Rings character? You know, I would have to probably say that uh, that Frodo is my my favorite character in in the in the movie series, and I and I think the reason for that is is because uh, you know he's, he's a a guy who just goes through trials and tribulations, but he's got a goal, and uh, you know he sees that um, that proverbial uh, golden ring, and um, and he, he, he chases it, you know, he, he knows what he wants and he is willing to, to, you know, climb mountains and swim rivers to, to get there. So I, I, I really like the tenacity that, that, that character has. So I'd say Frodo's my, my favorite character. This is episode number 41. I think you are the first person to say Frodo. You might be the second, but I think you're the first. Jordan, tell me an Olympian who has inspired you, and 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 I'm going to I'm going to uh, I'm, I'm going to make a little rule. You can't say Greg Luganis because we've already been down that road for the last half hour. So tell me other than Greg, <laughs> other than Greg, tell me another Olympian who has inspired you. Um. Okay, another Olympian. I think uh, one Olympian um, that I that I've watched a lot, and I mean it's it's not even in diving, but Sean White. Um, uh, he, he's kind of a big inspiration for me. And I, I watch a lot of his interviews and I do this for like multiple sports. I just watch, sit down and watch interviews and listen, uh, to their stories. And I mean, he, he goes through grueling, uh, training and, you know, the sport is super physical and super dangerous, similar to diving and watching him, uh, you know, get past obstacles, uh, you know, makes me want to push forward. And he's such a nice guy and loves everyone. And I mean, uh, how can I not look up to him? Little Luganis loves the flying tomato. I said, no, I have <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Guys, well, thank you so much. We'll be following you all the way to Tokyo and really appreciate uh, the time. And uh, yeah, just the best of luck to you, Jordan. 
And Jerry, just keep us updated on, on what he's up to. I will, Sid. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can follow Jordan Windle on Twitter at DiverJordan or on Instagram at Jordan Pisces Windle. But if you just search for Jordan Windle, W-I-N-D-L-E, he'll come up. And it really is interesting the, the power that success in sports can have and in undermining stereotypes and stopping teasing and, and bullying. Uh, it's not surprising that Jordan and I both had similar experiences, though, of course, winning a national championship is a lot different than winning a league championship on Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Anyhow, I hope you enjoyed the conversation this week. We will be back next Monday with more LGBTQ Olympics talk. Yeah.